Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Sports jersey history is alive and well each and every day of the year, and January 26th is no exception. We have four numbers we're going to talk about today. Jersey number 6, 25, 99, and 95. Learn about these great players and the history they made on January 26th, coming up in just a moment. Hi, my name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports, as well as football, by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports friends. How are you today? I'm hoping you're having a great day. It's going to get even better because we're going to talk about some sports history and some things that I've learned about the date of January 26th. And we have some of the numbers that I referred to earlier in the intro. Numbers of six, 25, 99, and 95. Well, let's talk about that number six first. Well, he has got a reference on January 26, 1921, over 100 years ago. Corb Dennehy of the Toronto St. Patrick's scored six goals in a home game against the Hamilton Tigers. The Toronto squad won the game 10 to three, but six goals in one hockey game. I don't care what era you're in. That is quite a big number. That's a double hat trick, I guess uh, we'd have to call that one. Now, next is our number 25, January 26, 1960, prep hardcourt sensation. Danny Heater is going to be our profile story that we're going to talk about today. He wore number 25 when he scored 135 points in a high school basketball game in Burnsville, West Virginia. It was a National Scholastic Hoops record. Now, Heater played for Burnsville High as they dropped Wyden High School in a lopsided 173-43 victory. Danny was 53 of 70 from the floor, 29 of 41 free throw attempts. And remember, this is over 25 years before there was a three-point shot in high school hoops. Though the scoring is what it is most remembered, Heater also hauled down 32 rebounds and had seven assists in a game. Now, prior to the contest against Wyden, Danny averaged 27 points per game. So this is well over his average, 108 over his average. 27 points per game is pretty strong, but going to 135, wow. Uh, The previous record of 120 points was set in the 1950s, but the six foot zero inch senior was fed the ball from teammates when they saw that he had the hot hand. The 135 is the second highest in basketball at all levels as Jack Taylor of NCAA Division III's Grinnell College 
scored 138 points years later in 2012. Some say it's horrible for the coach to have run the score up that much, but the Burnsville coach, Jack Stallnaker, lamented later he did it because he knew Heater's father was an unemployed coal miner and the family had recently lost everything they owned in a house fire. Heater was a deserving kid, according to Stallnaker, a humble young man, a great student, hard worker, and had a chance to escape financial plight. The colleges had no awareness of this young player and that the scoring that he would be able to do would give the young man a spotlight in the national media and maybe a chance at the scholarship to a big college, of which, if without, Danny would not be able to go to school probably. Stallmaker told each man on the team of his plan to feed Danny the ball to get the recognition he deserves and badly needed. And they all fully agreed because they all loved Danny. He was very well uh, respected by all of his teammates. And like we said, he was a humble kid and just uh, well-liked. You know, everybody agreed to it except Danny. The first two and a half minutes of the game, Danny would pass the ball away every time he'd get it rather than shoot. And the Burnsville Blaze trailed by six after those first two and a half minutes. Hard to believe. However, after a wise timeout was taken, where Danny saw how much it meant to the team uh, for him to score, all his teammates told him so and so did the coach, the reluctance faded and history was made. Unfortunately, Danny Heater was never offered a scholarship to school. But a retired state senator in West Virginia, after hearing his story, paid his tuition and housing to attend the University of Richmond. Heater joined the Spider basketball team, but after about a week, he left due to being homesick. Heater was embarrassed all his life about making the other team look so poorly in that 135 uh, scoring spur that he had. He eventually married and moved to Washington, D.C., where he worked for Delta Airlines for over 30 years. Another ironic twist of the story is that his parents attended all of his high school basketball games, save one. It was his 135-point scoring spree due to his father was ill that day with the flu and his mother stayed home to care for her husband. And uh, boy, was she excited, jumped up and down when he came home and told her that he scored 135 points in one game. You know, just a tremendous story on Danny Heater. Uh, you know, sounds pretty bad when you have a, a team scoring that much and a single player scoring that much and you know, 175 to 43 or wherever it was. But when you hear the story that the coach and the, his teammates felt that was his only chance to uh, escape uh, you know, the, the financial situation that his family was in, you really got to have a, almost a heartwarming story to it. And what a record that is. Uh, like we said, it's still a record at the high school level. Uh, in second place for all levels of basketball. Another story, on January 26, 1985, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, tallied his 50th goal of the season in just his 49th game he played in that year. Uh, Gretzky wore that number 99 for the Edmonton Oilers. Who can forget that jersey, the great number 99. January 26, 1986, number 95, Richard Dent became one of the rare defensive players to become the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl XX as the Chicago Bears dropped the New England Patriots in the big game 46-10. Yeah, that Chicago Bears uh, 1985 defense, that was probably one of the greatest defenses in all of NFL history. Uh, what a tremendous uh thing that was you know with Buddy Ryan as their coach uh, as a defensive coordinator and uh, wow just uh, great schemes and excellent players and 
what could they play and uh, defend against things. So now uh, I want to add just one more thing. We had a recent conversation with uh, members of the Gridiron Uniform database, uh, Tim Brulia and Bill Schaefer and Larry Schmidt. And here are a few words that Tim Brulia shared with us. You know, that's uh, gridiron-uniforms.com. Here's Tim Brulia. My name is Tim Brulia. Uh, I uh, live in uh, Enola, Pennsylvania. I guess Enola's biggest claim to fame was uh, that Mickey Schuler, the tight end of the New York Jets uh, for a number of years in the uh, yeah, late 70s and early 80s, uh, calls this his hometown as well. Um, my uh, history with uh, sports uniforms goes back to when I was a kid, always doodling and drawing, you know, what I saw when I watched a football game or a baseball game or other sports. Uh, my interest in uh, the football uniforms was uh, kind of came about when I, I saw that uh, baseball had a uniform database, thanks to Mark Ockenen's uh, amazing book, uh, Baseball Uniforms of the 20th Century. Helped uh, a little bit of uh, the NHL uniforms website. Andrew Greenstein runs that one. And I saw that really there was not a whole lot going on with football. There was a gentleman named Craig Wheeler who had started a website called Football Uniforms Past and Present. But uh, in the early 2000s, for whatever reason, it kind of gone dormant. I guess uh, life got in the way. And uh, I thought, man, we got we to close the gaps on this. So I have no graphic artist uh, uh, intelligence, if you will. So I wanted to get something going. And I thought the best avenue for me to get there would be to uh, put a description of uniforms of the NFL and other sports going back to uh, 1933. Uh, and I asked Paul Lucas, who is the, uh, still is the editor of that website, uh, you know, hey, you know, throw me a bone if you can, and if I can get somebody to help out. And I think it was about the year 2009, how time flies, it's amazing. And met up with Bill, he sent me a, a bunch of his uh, graphics. Uh, I thought, hey, okay, we got a connection here. And for the better part of two and a half years before we launched, uh, we, we had uh, all the uniforms up that we could possibly find and lo and behold we we formed the the gridiron uniform database the gud the good whatever you want to call it and uh, it's been going strong for the last uh well i guess it's what 12, 11 years or so so it's uh it's amazing it's been an amazing journey still is an amazing journey and uh, that's how that came to fruition Thanks, Tim. It's always interesting to hear how people got interested in uh, what their hobbies are and definitely being interested in uniforms, especially the football uniforms, is something that we can all share that are listening to this podcast. And uh, so we look forward to more of that conversation with Tim, uh, Larry Schmidt, and Bill Schaefer from the GUD. Uh, we're going to have some excerpts from them in upcoming episodes uh, coming up here soon. Remember, that is gridiron-uniforms.com, the Gridiron Uniform Database, if you're going to do a Google search search on that and we thank them for that also want to thank jason neff for the great music that he's helped provide to, we can listen to as we go through the show here and you know of course all the uh, great people that have helped us with newspapers.com on this day.com uh the baseball uh, reference.com hockey reference.com football reference.com uh, basketball reference.com and stat heads uh, all were a big part in helping us put together this program today and uh, we look forward to talking to you tomorrow about some more sports history through the uniforms that the players wore. Talk to you again tomorrow. 
Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.